What up, guys? This is Amber Archives, and I'm here with Mr. Zach Kehoe. What's up, guys? And Anthony Nguyen, a.k.a. Frenchie. Hello, so, hello. Buddy, how you doing, guys? Uh, how was your week in Keyforge? Uh, I was decent. Went through t- uh, Tiki Tiki on Thursday. Lost the uh, metal keys on tiebreakers, though. Ugh, sucks. Again? Get, get yep. Uh, yeah. Tiebreakers keep crushing the, me. Losing the tiebreakers. Man, you'd have so much sweet stuff. You'd have a mat and metal metal keys. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that well, sucks. You just got to get better, dude. Just keep going. The worst here. part was the other guy who went through would beat me on tiebreakers. I played him for fun after we were done, and I still beat him. Oof. Yeah, that's, that's rough. That is rough. I just played uh, some casual games. Um, just a bunch of casual games. I didn't go to any tournaments. How about you, Frenchie? Yeah, same for me. I just played with Joe. Um, bring like a new decks and see what what decks will be um, good to add to my pool. Nice. It's pretty hard, but like uh, I have like a bunch of decks I haven't tested yet, and got the oh, time yeah. to like yeah, got the time to like look at it. It's 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 hard. Like I wish I will. I I know how to like. You know, uh, see and how good the deck is very quickly. And yeah. It's pretty hard. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully our our uh, our uh, topics this week will help you evaluate faster because that's, uh, that's yeah, that's, right? that's, that's what we're gonna be talking about this week. So uh, our card spotlight slash does and does house is gonna be Sanctum, and our main topic this week is gonna be about quickly evaluating a deck and identifying which type of deck it is. And basically executing it to executing its its own strategy, you know. I'm 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 under the impression that there's no bad deck out there, right? Like people talk about, oh, it's such a crappy deck, you know, it'll, it'll it, it doesn't do anything. I said it's that like, about my deck before I went three out with it. Yeah, yeah, it look it looked crappy. Ah, oh, this is garbage. You know, it, it, there's no such thing as a garbage deck. You know, yeah. in, in my opinion, you know, because like there's always something that the deck wants to do. You just have to identify what it's going to do and then play towards that goal, towards that 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 strategy. You know what I mean? So hopefully yeah, that's today, so true. by the end of the episode, we'll uh, we'll help you guys out and try to try to figure that out um, and get get closer to that to, to helping you. All right, so uh, let's get right into it. So the card spotlight this week is going to be. Uh, let me see if I can pronounce this correctly. Numquid the Fair. <laughs> so it's a yep. three health creature, three power creature. Uh, on play in Sanctum, destroy an enemy creature. Repeat this process if your opponent still controls more creatures than you. So it's uh, it's pretty decent, but it also can can only destroy one, I believe. Want to talk about yeah. this? Yeah, it activates. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Want to talk about this? This uh, Frenchie? Yeah. So Numquid the Fair is actually the second deck uh, I had. Like uh, when I played, it was like just straight up fun. It's a deck that didn't have a lot of creatures in it. So usually when I was playing against my friend, uh, I ended up like wiping the board. <laughs> that was just like mm-hmm. funny as hell. <laughs> uh, like not having a board at all. Like yeah, and then just playing Numquid the Fair right away is just like so so good. And especially when you we have the choice of destroying whatever creatures you want to, right? You're just leaving one behind, and you're probably going to leave the one that is the less harmful to you. So, uh, Nocquid Affair is like pretty good in the sense that um, 
that let you play this and all the other uh, Sanctum Creature right after that. Um, it also lets you going to always have a way of destroying one creature, whatever it is, right? Um, because what it says at the very beginning is just destroy a creature, uh, an enemy creature, right? Right, right. So uh, that's good to know too. Like uh, uh, at the very beginning, I made the mistake of holding my numquid in my hand, uh, thinking that I would make a better use of it and try to wipe more creatures. But sometimes you just want to like dump it out and just like move on and destroy one threat. And yeah, that's that's how I play it. I really love that card. Really sanctum. Nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've uh, I definitely had situations where. Um, I've gotten one or two creatures, and I'm still fine. Like I don't have to get like, you know, four or five creatures uh, at, a, at a, you know, destroyed from the, from their from their side of the field. I'm okay with just one or two, and and that's kind of what it's going to be in most cases, I think. Akio, have yeah, you had it? Uh, have you had it be more or less? Every time I've used that card, it's been really good. Because no matter right. what, you're getting a two for one. You're getting a destroyed creature, and I mean, it's only three power, but you're leaving a body behind that you can reap with or use for pawn sacrifice or whatever you need it for. Right, right, right. So, fail case, the floor on this card is super high. And then there's turns where there's a card in Sanctum called Epic Quest. It lets you exile all of your knights or, or, uh, archive, archive them. Sorry, archive yeah. them. It's not no, magic, of, yeah, I know. A little bit of magic sneaking <laughs> in here. I let you archive them, all of your knights, and then uh, you can get them back later. But they clear; it can clear your board for you, so that when you play Nokwid, you have less creatures than they do, and you can get more triggers off of it, mm -hmm. which is super strong. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Mm. Yeah, um, I've, I've definitely had it combo with with a lot of other cards, but um, but yeah, it, it's 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 very powerful. Um, it can, at minimum, get you just one creature. So you know, it, at the at worst case scenario. If you have to just play it for one, it's still just killing one of their dudes. So, yeah, I've had it be very good, very decent card. Um, all right, let's get right into the meat and potatoes. And that is going to be our deck evaluation process. So, um, I don't know about you guys, but I love sealed events. I absolutely love it. I, I, I prefer it over Constructed. Um, but I know that the sealed events can be kind of stressful for some people because they open up a deck and, and, you know, they, 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 they run the chance of like either opening up a quote unquote bad deck or, you know, not knowing how to pilot it correctly. Um, but all that really boils down to the evaluation process and how quickly you're able to identify the strategy and the goal of the deck. Right. So like when someone says, oh, the deck's garbage. That just tells me that they don't know what the deck is trying to do, you know, and, yeah. and they're just piloting it incorrectly. And then it results in a loss, you know, or it results in misplays of the deck, you know, because there's certain cards that you're actually supposed to be playing to, or there's certain ways you're supposed to be, you know, using your creatures or your actions and your artifacts. And you're just not doing it correctly because you're not able to identify what the deck wants to do. So, yeah, like if you've got a combo deck and you're yeah. just going, you're just playing out all your, say you have library access and you're just playing out your logos cards early 
instead of trying to set up that turn for it, you draw it with no logos left in your hand. Correct. It's not going to be a good day for you. You got to you got to play to what your deck wants to do. Correct. Correct. Yeah, and that's a great example. We'll we'll talk about combo decks later, a little later on, but um. For the most part, yeah, like I said, there really isn't a bad deck. It's just being able to identify that strategy. And we're going to go into detail about the evaluation process and just a, key, a few key points that, um, that I've, I've had experience with and, and helped me out. I'm sure it's helped you know, Kehoe and Frenchie out. Um, but just being able to, you know, like I said, quickly, quickly identify what the heck is going on with this deck. Um, and that's kind of where me and Kehoe have our expertise because, like, we, we come from a magic background. And, you know, in Sealed, you only have about 10 minutes, 15 minutes to build your deck, you know, and, and, and from, from, the de- from, from the cards that you have sometimes. And, you know, I'd say probably a little more, like 20, 25 minutes. But, like, you, you have that much time, like, super, super constraint you know, and you have to quickly identify what you want to do and, and how you want to do it. So, so yeah. Yeah, uh, it can be like a little bit frustrating too when you like go into a sealed event of Keyforge, and you don't have that much time uh, compared to Magic, where uh, actually when you build in Magic, you will have like the time to exactly know uh, what you want to do in your sealed deck. Where while in Keyforge. You have to understand your deck like in less than five minutes. Like you sleep them, you look at the card, and you go with it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. super, yeah, it super fast pace. Super fast pace. So uh, without further ado, let's get right into it. So for the first first step, I want to touch on um, in the evaluation process is step one, um, and this is the first thing I do when I open up a deck um, is look at the creature count. So how many creatures the d- does the deck have, right? So, like, does the deck have less than 12? Does the deck have more than 15? And this will put you into the direction you want to go in. So, last week, we talked about the three main, you know, subcategories of decks, right? We talked about board control decks. We talked about amber control decks. And we talked about combo decks, right? So, knowing that creature count will put you in the direction of okay so if it doesn't have that many creatures it might be a amber control deck or a combo deck if it has a lot of creatures then it might be a board control deck right so like i feel like creature count is super important when identifying and being able to you know find out where you want to go yeah uh totally agree with that like uh the very first thing like when I do a bid event, which is a little bit uh, worse, I would say, uh, uh, than seal event, you have to like go through a lot of deck. And the very first thing I do is actually count the creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for a fact that um, most of the deck I have that have 14 or less creatures are a little bit weaker than the one that has 17, 18, because uh, most of the time, when you don't know what the deck is doing, you you rather stick to play creatures and end up rip. That's it. Like, uh, do you know what you're doing? You're just ripping with the creatures, um, and you'll be fine with it. And uh, that's the first thing I do. Like, if the creature, if the deck has like 18, 19 creatures, I would say it's rather good deck. Mm-hmm. What What's the minimum creature count? 
like like what what's the number you look for for like a board control deck or a ramp deck? Um, let's say if I'm gonna ask I this to both play... of you guys because I'm sure you have different numbers. Yeah, probably. Yeah, uh, I would say nineteen. An average 19, uh, 18, 20 is pretty good uh, for like uh, some kind of board control. If I so go like over 16, 20. So like 16 or 17 is still, is that borderline board control for you? Um, it's, yeah, it's a little bit borderline. Uh, it means that uh, you have 24 other cards that is actually going to help you do uh, much more no, than just paying creatures, right? 16 cards, Frenchy. 16? Yeah, there's oh, 30, my bad. 36 no, no, sorry, uh, there's 36 36 20. Sorry, 20 other cards. He's right. 20, not 24. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, you said 24. Tw- no, yeah. I said 24. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you said 24. Yeah, yeah. yeah my <laughs> bad. I was thinking about... Uh, it's not a 40 card deck. It's not a 40 card deck. This is not magic, Frenchie. Yes. <laughs> it's a 36 card deck. Get with the program. <laughs> We're playing Keyforge. Okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. Go ahead, go ahead. So, uh, yeah, 16, I mean, 20 of the cards. Uh, I don't know exactly what the 20 of the cards is, but it's probably going to put an emphasis on not only playing creatures every turn, right? So so basically, like ha- half of the deck, creatures? Is that where you want to be in board control? Am I getting that yes. right? Yes. Like okay. if I have, it's like 40, 40, like 45% of your deck, maybe? Creatures? I would say... I would say so, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm okay with as low as 14 if the deck has actions and artifacts that can kill creatures. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you have, say, you got a few Gauntlet of Commands and Brobnar, and maybe you're in Dis, you have Gateway to Dis and a couple of Handed Disses, you have other ways to kill your opponent's creatures. So, right. you're not relying on your creatures as heavily to keep you ahead. Gotcha. You just kind of stick a couple big ones and then kill everything else they have. So, you stay gotcha. a little ahead. So like the threshold is probably like forty percent then. So less than forty percent of your deck, then you're more of amber control slash combo. And then L- more less more than, than fourteen, that. I wouldn't even look at board control probably. Yeah, it uh right. after that it would depend on what the all the other cards that are not creatures, but yeah, uh that's pretty that's probably true, yeah. Fourteen and you have other cards that uh, that going to help you control the board. You're going to be board control. If you're less than 14, uh, let's say I have a deck with, uh, I think, 11 or. Yeah, the deck I won with on Thursday had 11 creatures. Yeah, uh, the, the, it it's probably tipping off like there's some, some, um, something behind the creatures. Like there's probably action cards that's going to be uh, having a synergy around it. Right, right. So 14, less, less than 14. Not even close to board control. More than fourteen or fifteen, that's where you consider it being for control. You can start looking for it, yeah. Right. You start looking for the cards. Okay. Yeah. So um yeah. Frenchie, take us into take us into identifying a ramp slash board control deck. Yeah. So uh usually So like once we figure what? out, right? Once we figure out our creature count and we know we're mm-hmm. tipping towards board control. Like, what are the other cards that we just like synergize? Like, what what are, what are the other cards that 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 we really want to like look at? Yeah. So every card that is going to like uh, let you have an advantage on the board uh, by doing damages to your opponent creatures or killing straight straight up killing them mm-hmm. uh, are going to be cards that help you 
uh, board, right? Uh, so um, stuff that wipe the board, uh, like uh, gateway to this and uh, cohort sense is going to help you identify it as a board control deck. Cohort hands is actually pretty good in the sense that um, if you have a big Robnar board, right? Uh, you will be able to like kill small creatures, damage your Bobnar, and then play um, Cobalt's Hand to wipe up all the other healthy creatures and just keep the Bobnar bo your Bobnar board because your Bobnar mm -hmm. creatures are going to be damaged, right? Uh, right, right. is only destructing uh, undamaged creatures. Um, so after board wipe, you can play a lot of creatures and then you try to stay ahead of your opponent. Uh, and when your opponent is going to like do something that is a little bit shaky, like uh, let's say they are not having the cards that they want or they are not playing uh, as much as creatures as you have, it's going to tip you off to choose the house where you have the most creatures and either like keep on controlling, meaning that you are going to try to kill your opponent with Borstead and rip with the other creatures that you have in excess, or just run with it and reap with every creature that you have. Uh, and yeah, just uh, try to get the benefit of having first more creature than you open opponent and get the Ember before they are doing something else. Like um, it happens to me when I like having a big board um, and uh, my opponent is answering with like a bigger board. Uh, sometimes I'm just like, all right, uh, I have four creatures. My opponent have six, seven creatures in front of me for some go ungodly reason. I'm going to just rip, uh, let them go, and wipe the board after that with like gateway to this or whatever. Uh, I have to like, you know, uh, get the control of the board back. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's why I love having archive cards, even like board control decks. So even if you're not like a combo deck, if you're board control and you have a couple ways to archive, and you can put away something like that gateway to disk in your archive. You can like start working your board control, and then it's oh no, my opponent's ahead of me. And you pick up your archive, reset the board, and try again. Yeah, that's right. pretty good. Yeah, that that does um, seem successful for sure. Yeah, it's it's a little bit hurtful when you have to like keep a wipe in your hand and know that you cannot play it right away especially when you are the one that is actually ahead in the board, if you have a way of archiving it, that's what, that's the best. Otherwise, sometimes um, you have to like just dump it and hopefully get like another board wipe in your hand or some other way to ensure that you're going to stay ahead. It's a little bit hard. That's not my most favorite style of play, but uh, it's pretty effective on, on the mid-range level, I would say. Right, yeah, right. If, if I can't play a stupid combo deck, that's... That's where I want to be. I want to be playing big dudes and just archiving away removal for when I need it. Yeah. Right. 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 So, so once we establish our creature count, then we look for cards like you know Fire Spitter, Keep the Huge Tonk Dominator, things like that for board yeah. control. What are the kind of cards yeah, we all... need to see for like uh, for ramp? Uh, for ramp, uh, cards like. That give you like a reap benefits uh, are going to be great. Uh, something like um, John Smith. Uh, that's a Mars card. Uh, 
when you fight or weep, you can read a non-nation Mars creature uh, that will let you actually, it's essentially double you're going reap. to reap yeah, and yeah. double reap again. And that's great. Like uh, cards like Do Fairy, when you reap, uh, you gain another ember. Mm. Gaining two embers on one action is amazing. Um, cards like uh, my probably my most favorite one, Dust Pixie. Uh, Dust it's just yeah. it's just a creature, so it's one health, nothing much, uh, but it gives you right away two ember, and that's just pretty good. I mm-hmm. I love that card. I love that card. Yeah. So hunting so witches are big for me too. Hunting, yeah, that's also what I was about to add. I was just like like the hunting witches, the taligas, uh, the full moons, um, anything that pretty much just gets you amber really really fast. Um, yeah, I don't key like charges. Me. Key charges, obviously. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely. Go ahead. What about? Yeah, sorry. But uh, why do you like full moon? Is that like something you don't like much about uh, full that moon? card kill? Yeah, uh, I don't like that when you're playing full moon. It's taking up one of the creatures you possibly could have been playing for it. Maybe because it's an untamed card slot in your hand. And hunting which you can put it on board, protect it, and then play creatures from another house. I've seen full moons, double full moon in a deck that only had something like four untamed creatures, and that just didn't do enough. Yeah, if you have like only four untamed creatures, that's... I think full moon's um, fine full moon. for what it does. At uh, worst, it gets you one amber. At best, it gets you more than that. <laughs> yeah, I half just have time, been devs against cards just... that have strictly betters. Because hunting, which yeah, is almost not, strictly better than full I mean, moon, it's not. Almost. It's not. Sh- it's not strictly better. It's better, but there are cards that just like kill all scientists. But they just you're just playing it for the amber. That's basically what full moon is. But it it can be a little bit better. I I, I like full moon. I, I don't mind it. I don't have any. I don't mind it either. But like, yeah, if I if, if I to choose between hunting witch and oh, obviously, full moon, I would probably yeah, yeah. obviously, obviously, yeah. <laughs> Um, Kyo, you want to talk about the uh, the combo direction, combo cards direction, yeah. combo deck. If you guys, uh, if you guys have been listening very long, you know by now, all yeah, I want to do is play you're combo. The combo guy. Oh, yeah. yeah, we know. So uh, magical Christmas. I look, I look where for you the live. creature count, and I look for uh, the creature count. And then I look into houses. At, uh, the combination of houses, like if I Brobnar Sanctum, Dis or something like that, I'm going to look at board control first because that's what those houses do right but anytime i have logos or untamed in my deck i'm looking for the combo cards first as soon as i count the creatures i'm looking for key charge library access epic quest any of the cards that can combo off with other cards with them mm-hmm. so i look for the enablers first the library access or the key charge or anything like that and then i look to the rest of the house and the deck the house first and then the rest of the deck to see if it has the backup it needs. Like if you have library access and you don't have face shift, wormholes or phase shifts yeah. and you don't have ways to draw cards other than the library access, chances are you're not going to combo off unless you have maybe seed, but there's right. just, you need the backup behind the combo cards. And that's the second thing I look for after I see that the combo's there. Right. Yeah. I feel like combo combo decks are, Super hit or miss, you know what I mean? Like, once you figure out you have less than 14 creatures, right? Then you're just like, okay, what else is my deck doing, right? Like, 
can you can you be in a situation where like you have the library access but you're missing an an enabler and the, like what do you, what do you do at that point do you try to play to the combo or because you don't have enough creatures we already established that it, it depends on the uh the deck itself there, there's another thing to look for when you're looking at your deck is how many of your cards generate amber on play or right. have a chance to generate amber on play right because then you can just play to Library accessing a little bit, pumping out a bunch of cards that turn, but not really comboing off. But say, let's you you play Fogify, uh, Lab Work, and two other cards to give you Amber. You still had a four Amber turn. Right, right. Chances are I'm that glad, I'm glad you mentioned kick. that because that's actually our second uh, step in our evaluation process. So after we establish the creature count, we look at the Amber generating cards. And, like, how many of the cards actually generate an amber? So, whether it be, like you were saying, um, lab work or, you know, Blood of the Titans. Like, any any card that generates an amber. So, you know, what what's a good number for the given decks for, like, amber generation cards? Yeah. 40 cards. Uh, 40 cards. It's not magic. 40? <laughs> this is not magic, Reggie. <laughs> God. 36. 30, 36 amber generating 36 cards? 36 amber generating Yeah, that, uh, that will never uh, if happen. I'm, if I'm looking at the deck and like I decide there's not like a big time combo, it's not like Shadow's heavy with a bunch of steel or anything, and it's not going to be a board control deck, and I just need to generate the amber through the cards, I want... 18 to 20 cards that generate, am generate Amber on play. Right. I don't know how much there are cards, decks like this, but uh, that's the style of deck I really like to play when I can go really fast and just pretty much guarantee playing cards that give me Embers right away each turn. It's so, so good. It's uh, it, But it's, it, dep it, it depends on the type of deck it is, right? So like Amber and combo control, or Amber control and combo, car combo decks, they kind of want more of the amber generating because they don't have enough creatures, right? Yeah. Um, like, they don't have creatures reaping, whereas the amber, board control guy does. Amber control can get away with less because amber control is going to have steel and true, ways true, true, to slow true. your opponent down. What about just yeah, combo? combo decks, yeah. Combo decks have want to rely on amber on generation. Spell. Yeah, they have to rely on the amber generation. So I feel like amber generation is actually really key part of looking at like you have to like really look at it when looking at a combo deck For yeah sure. like uh i would always pay attention to like uh to untamed like uh if i can see uh which of the eye uh that card that let me reap mm -hmm. and get back card for my uh, from this card part to my hand and if I can, if I see in the deck that is a fertility chance in it, like the uh, the end time card that uh, give me four embers, but give the opponents two embers too, uh, I would know that there is like I would keep in mind that my deck is having this kind of combo, so I can like outplay my uh, my my opponents on the ember generation, right? Right. Let's say I have like uh, eight ember, or like I play fertility chance, that's four ember. My opponents get two ember. I reap with which of the eye. Game one more ember, that's four, five members. I can get back the fertility chain in my hand, replay it. Um, if I know that my opponent is not going to forge right away with the four embers that I just gave him, uh, I'm pretty much sure that it will be ahead with eight, uh, like nine embers on uh, on my side, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the type of 
uh, card synergy I would try to keep in my uh, in my uh, in my mind whenever I will play a deck that I don't uh, I'm not familiar with yet. Um, playing the strengths of the card synergy that is in your deck because there is always synergy uh, in in the Keyforge deck. Yeah. 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 If I actually brought up that. something I want to touch on. Yeah, go ahead. The, uh, so combos, not just game and combos like library access that are going to get you 12 amber and your opponent's not going to catch up. It's also like the deck I ran on Thursday was a sealed tournament. I had Battlefleet with double orbital bombardment. Battlefleet says draw a card for each Mars card you reveal. And orbital bombardment says deal two damage to a target creature and repeat it for every Mars card you reveal. So like it was a small combo. It was a two card combo. Battlefleet and then orbital afterwards to wipe the board. It was a combo that could wipe their board, not win the game, but it was still a combo or synergy. Like Frenchie was saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. Like uh, when you have this kind of synergy, you have to play it to, uh, to the strength. Like um, if your deck had compound uh, compound uh, in 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 it, too, compound, yeah, uh, yeah. That's the, yeah, that's the artifact that uh, says. Uh, when you activate it, uh, you can show many card um, mass creature uh, mass card in your hand. You can untap as many mass creatures, right? Mm -hmm. So that that's the kind of stuff that uh, that if you know you have it in your deck, you you can try to pull it off. Like Battlefleet, you draw cards. You have like many uh, mass card. You reap with your your you guys, compod. And tap them, and then you can do whatever you yeah. want with the rest yeah, of it. It's, and, and continue it, the combo, right, right, right. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's this kind of stuff that as uh, when you play a, lo a long time in Keyforge, you will know uh, because you have seen that or you have played that before. But if you're and relatively new, you just have to be able to identify that on the spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's the um, that's a tough yeah, part for sure. That's the tough part. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So um, there's a third deck, third type of deck, and I want to talk about is uh, Amber Control. So for Amber Control, when once you identify you have less than 14 creatures, right, um, you want to look for cards like Bait and Switch, Urchin, Burn the Stockpile. Um, there's a few in Dis that also capture slash steal. Um, but but yeah, basically there are certain there's certain houses uh, that you also want to look for. Um, and that'll that'll help you. So like shadows and dis, if you uh, shadows or dis, if you know that you have either of those in your deck, um, literally just 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 automatically look for the board control key components, and then or um, I'm sorry, amber control key components rather, and then go from there. So like you're you're then able to identify um, what exactly you want to do. Um, and you're able to identify that you don't need as many creatures as board control decks, um, and you're you're able to steal either steal or capture their amber and control the control the board with your actions. Um, but again, you want to look at your amber generating cards. You want to look at your 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 key, you know, cards that you need because I, I don't know about you, but in an amber control deck, if I don't have bait and switch, uh, I'm not that confident. You know what I mean? It, it, you know what I mean? Like I, I, I wanna, I wanna go somewhere else. You know, like I, I don't. Yeah. Wanna... yeah. 
Yeah, even uh, even I'll, if I don't have, I mean, I've had I've played Amber Control decks without bait and switch. Don't get me wrong, but it just it feels like an uphill battle, you know. Um, I would I, I kind of a little bit disagree with that. Really? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um, the two cards that I love the most in uh. The, like better switch is really great right uh it's also a card that when you play it uh, you're sure that your opponent is not going to replay a better switch behind because it's, it's just a lost cause right right uh better switch is that one card that is built against itself it's just amazing um but if i play uh ember control there's two other cards i would love to see and it's actually lenders whisper that's and, true too, yeah. Um, Nerf Blast. Like, yep. Nerf Blast is the action card in, um, Shadows. in Shadows that says, still one, then do there are two damages. It's just so great. It's like actually you're controlling your op- opponent's Ember. You're going to probably delay the acti- uh, the forging of a key with that card. And plus, you might kill like one or two space key elusive creatures, right? So it's, it's like, it's that card is just really good. And Lenders Whisper is even better because that that card uh, is giving you an ember right away when you play it, right? Mm-hmm. And then you deal two damages, and, and if it that, kills it, yeah, you steal one. You, yeah, you steal yeah, one. That, card, like, that card's very, very good. But yeah, yeah those are like cream of the crop <laughs> amber control cards yes. that you want to look for specifically because if, if those cards aren't there, you're going to have trouble um, executing your deck and the, and the strategy, the executing your deck strategy to the fullest, right? So like, yeah, correct. Yeah, so so you're gonna end up, be, you know, either playing your creatures and trying to board control them to death, or you know, trying to combo, you know, in a weird way, um, you know, playing your actions a little too early so that you don't actually steal any amber. You want to make sure in in amber control that that. You get a little bit behind, but not too much, so that you're able to come back and do those have like have those really big swing turns. You know what I mean? Where you, yeah, it yeah. shifts back into your direction, and they're way too far behind to recover. Yes, See, like, I want to um, clarify one thing. When you the beginning, you were saying if you have less than creatures, it, it's not that you want less than 14 creatures in Amber Control deck because there's plenty of good creatures that have Amber Control, like Charette and Urchin, yeah. and just creatures that capture and steal. It's just you know you're not going to have board control if you have less than 14. You can have a 20-creature 20, 20 Amber Control deck. It's just if you have less than 14, you are almost definitely not board control. So Correct. Push that one Correct. Away. Yeah. So that's like the there, first there one. There are definitely exceptions to, to these rules. There's always going to be exceptions. But for like you know the 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 purpose of the actual process and the, the 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 list we're trying to go with, you know, it's just a rule, just a rule of thumb, just to go by. Of course, you can have way more than fourteen creatures, you can have way less than fourteen creatures, but it, it's just it's just a good benchmark to go by. Um, yeah. You know, when quickly identifying a deck you're unfamiliar with. Yeah, definitely. If you see the less than fourteen creatures, that means your deck is prob- is probably having his strength somewhere else than only those creatures. Correct. Yeah. Like, correct. Correct. And I remember. Know, yeah. Go yeah. Ahead, go ahead. I I remember my very first deck is Grayson of Throat Red. Uh, 
that deck had Brobnar, uh Untamed and Logos in it. And when I went through that uh, deck, uh, I had only one Brobnar creatures. And I was like, right, that deck is just really bad. And it was pretty sad because uh, that deck was having the um, Time Traveler, uh, the Help from Future Self in it too. So uh, when I saw that I had only one Brobnar creatures, I was like, mm, not good. And when I started to play it, I came upon uh, another card, which is uh, so, um, Sound of the Horn. Mm-hmm. And it says, uh, it's an action card in Brobnar. It says, you're going to flip, you're going to discard the top uh, card of your deck up until you're going to have a Brobnar creatures, and you put that back in, in your hand. And when I pay more attention to that Brobnar creature, it was her checker, right? Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. So I was actually holding in my hand a combo deck. I didn't really pay attention to it because it was my really first uh, Keyforge deck. And I was like, oh, what that Probnar? Probnar was supposed to be that 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 house with like a lot of big creatures. And I only yeah. have one, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he went up with a tutor will board wipe. That's yes. And that's nuts. and that was pretty nuts. With like the fact that uh, the the <laughs> Um, time traveler that would mm. actually let's say I play her shaker right, uh, and now it's in my graveyard. Uh, I can like actually reshuffle it by playing help from future self, right? right. And uh, if I have horn of the uh, um, sound of in my hand, I would be able to replay that uh, that that combo. And it's just it's just crazy. It's just like I didn't pay attention to what the other card was. I was evaluating my deck as really bad. And actually, right now, that deck is one of the best deck I have right now. Um, nice. Yeah. That's... Very nice. Yeah, that's that's actually really cool. And that almost plays into what, I, what my next point was. Like, basically, to save time for yourself, like, it, just uh, look, at the, look at the houses, right? Once you identify your creature count, like, nine times out of ten, Shadow and Dis, those houses, they steal and control. Right, so like, yeah, you can have board control decks with shadows and discs, but nine times out of ten, they're going to be end up ending up stealing and controlling. Um, also, logos and Mars, they yep, combos, tend to combo, right? They they tend to have the combo decks. So you know, uh, Brobnar and Sanctum, they tend to have the board control. Untamed also has board control, but mostly ramp. So it, it, it's 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 easier and quicker to just identify the house right and it's just like okay i have a shadows i have a shadow this on tame deck is it gonna be is it gonna be rampy or is it gonna be controly like how is it how is it gonna play out so like you know right off the bat it's gonna lean a little bit towards control because it has shadows and this right if you have a you know brobnar logos mars deck it's gonna be a little bit more combo-y because it, it naturally has logos and mars Yes, there are exceptions, but using those houses and the identity and what those houses usually do is definitely helpful when evaluating at a, at a relatively fast pace. Yeah, it gives yeah. you a shortcut to look for. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. Correct. It's correct. all. It's just shortcut. Oh, uh, just yeah. yeah. It's and using that, using, using that, and using the you know cart creature count, amber generate cards, and everything that we talked about. You're then able to identify what the deck's trying to do, 
and evaluate it correctly and and later down the line pilot it correctly so so yeah yeah it's very important like yeah. if you know how to pilot evaluation it. is super important yeah yeah that's why we're gonna evaluate one now so that you can see that we're opening it on the cast i have no idea what that is with the episode be. yeah right, so we I'm don't ready. know what's gonna be in here i'm, I'm gonna ready. record this video i'm gonna send these guys pictures of what's in it yep all right um, tell, so tell us the house crafting. first yeah tell uh, open it up and then it. as you're taking the picture just like tell us the houses and stuff oh no this video is going to be crap because I'm trying to do it with my other hand. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, I should have gotten Ari to help me. That's fine. We'll figure it out. All right, so it is Sanctum Bravnar Untamed. Okay. Horseman. Horseman. <laughs> Middle Chapel Champion. Victor Middle Chapel Champion. That's the title. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. It um, is not Horseman, but... I think it's this deck's kind of cool. <coughs> Stop the recording. Save that. I gotta send a photo to these guys, and we can deck down. All right, sounds good. Just do that. Do that while you do that. Um, I'm gonna bring up our stud and duds. So we are doing sanctum. Uh, so our stud this week uh, is gonna be Re whispering reliquary, and our dud is gonna be what was our dud again? Take hostages. That was our dud. Yes. That's right. That's right. Yes. All right. So, uh, did you get that picture yet? All right. Yeah, there it is. All right. So, our Brobnar creatures, or no, our Brobnar cards are Anger, Double Coward's Zen, Punch, Relentless Assault. Uh, I can't see the. Valder, Double oh, yeah. Bumpy. Go ahead. Go ahead. You read it. You read it. Yeah. Headhunter, King of the Crag, Crump, and War Drummer. Hmm. Our Sanctum, we've got Blinding Light, Inspiration, Double Radiant Truth, Take Hostages, Champion Anafiel, Champion Tabris, uh, Triple Frankus. Oh, that's... Which is yeah, my new true. picture on Twitter, actually. That's really good. Uh, Numquid the Fair, uh, Sergeant Zakiel, and then uh, Untamed, we've got Cooperative Hunting, Fogbank, Full Moon, Grasping Vines, Lost in the Woods, Mimicry, Nocturnal Maneuver, Flaxia, Giant Sloth, Mushroom Man, Mushroom Man, so good. Hunting Witch, and Witch of the Eye. Yeah, Mushroom Man's a cool card. Mushroom Man is broken. So right off the bat, we got Brobnar Sanctum Untamed. So that leans me towards board control. Yep. Now uh, let's count our creatures. How many creatures do we have? 19 nine, creatures. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 19? 19. 19. Yes. 19 features. <laughs> so, yeah, this deck yeah. is definitely board control for sure. And 14 of the sector in Brobnar. Let's just double check, double check our Untamed for no, uh, like, super, super hard ramp. I don't see any. Yeah, I mean, it just looks like, a, a you know, your atypical board control deck. Um, yes, that wants to play towards your King of the Crag. It definitely wants to play your Frankus and keep those We've out. Got three and board then, and we have, wow, what are the chances? We opened up our card spotlight. Yeah, <laughs> what are the chances? That that's absolutely insane. Uh, the 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 luck we just had. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just playing the big creatures has a bunch of big creatures. Uh, 
take we hostages. We opened our dud, too. We opened their dud, too. So we opened up take hostages. But I don't mind take hostages in this I, deck, to be honest. I will say, this creatures, deck isn't bad for it. Yeah, this they're, deck is really not that creatures. bad for it. We'll, we'll, so, we'll explain why it's our dud this week, but I, I yes. feel like it's in a good spot with this deck because of the fact we almost have damn near 20 creatures. They're all big. You know, they're all, you know, they, they, they're they all going to be ginormous and, and have... You know, a bunch of a bunch of power over the over the other creatures. So I, I feel like, yeah, I feel like it's 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 a very good, decent uh, board control deck. Yeah, I can't wait to play this deck against Christian actually. So, uh, <laughs> so the way I'm seeing that deck, right? Uh, 19 creatures. I see three board control, like you said, Coward Hand and uh, Dumb Quit the Fair. Coward Hands. Uh, it's really funny because like most of the time when I see. Uh, decks with that heavy creatures account, uh, you will probably have like a lot of uh, gateway of this and God's hand in the deck, uh, which is funny. Like it invites you to be careful about those cards that is can, that can wipe your board, right? Um, so it's uh, when when you see that deck and you see two God's hands and like this high count of creatures, you might be like, uh, but I don't want to play them. And actually, it plays toward this stuff. Like you're probably going to be. Uh, all right, uh, wiping the board to like get all, all the creatures and then play a bunch of black creatures by, uh, on the top of it. Um, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. You wanna you wanna set up your board wipes, faint like faint like your board's gonna be weak. Wipe their stuff out and then take control yourself. Yeah. After that, one stuff I can definitely see each time I've seen a board control deck is like you're probably not going to have uh, a lot of control uh, ember. And actually, in that one. It's fine. You have two bomb C. When you play bomb C, you're going to make your opponent lose one, lose one ember, yeah. right? You have, you have you have the ward runner. Yeah, crump. Yeah, you have the ward runner. A uh, crump. Yes, crump is like when you attack and uh, kill. When uh, not when you attack. When crump is in fight, meaning it can also be in defense. If your opponent creatures dies during that fight, uh, your opponent is going to lose one ember. So it's pretty cool. And you also have a wild drummer. So, like, uh, wild drummer is that creature that bounces every bounces all Brobnar, yeah. Yes. So you if I have bounces, yeah, yes. This this guy, yeah. This this deck is is pretty good. We have yeah. champion Tabris and uh, Frankus, doesn't he? Frankus, yeah. Frankus is like after an enemy creature is destroyed, fighting Frankus. Frankus capture one. So, mm-hmm. so he's like a capture version of Crump. Correct. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's pretty good. Like usually, when I see this kind of deck where it's bot control, you don't have much ember control, but that one is like packing some kind of serious. Uh, yeah, with the take amber, amber control too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, with the sanctum. That's pretty so, cool. Not yeah. bad. It's not bad. Not bad at all. Mm-hmm. This, yeah, this so, is definitely uh, we'll, worth we'll, controlling. It definitely looks good. We'll post that video onto Voltage's or Kehoe's, um Twitter of him opening the deck. Uh, his main, his main uh, Twitter. What's your Twitter again? At mh underscore voltage. Right. Okay. I go so, by. Uh, it's rating Archon's the name now, but that's my at. Mm-hmm. So that's his handle. Yep. All right. So uh, yeah, let's get into our studs and duds. So like I said, our stud is going to be whispering reliquary. Frenchie, you want to talk about that one? Yeah. So whispering reliquary. It's a um, Sanctum Artifacts and his action is return a um, artifact 
to his owner's hand. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty good. Like, uh, the first time I saw it, I didn't thought much about it. And plus, I thought it was an action. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, that's not good. But actually, it's an artifact. And uh, each time you're going to have the Sanctum, choose Sanctum as your house, and you have that out, uh, it's going to make your opponents think twice about what artifact they are going to create. And it also gives you a way of playing your artifact twice. Uh, let's say, for example, you have um, the um, yeah uh, the the merchant uh, high elven merchant. Yeah, high elven merchant. Uh, that's the uh, sanctum creatures that every time you play an artifact, you gain one ember, right? Mm -hmm. uh, having that is pretty cool. Um, if you have the high elf and the red liquor, you pretty much have like a little bit of combo here, and uh, yeah, that's. That's the card that definitely at the beginning I thought it wasn't doing much. And then by playing it more often, it's pretty cool. What do you yeah. guys got to say about that? Yeah, I like I mean, bouncing I, it back to their hand better than destroying it. Because you're sticking a card in their hand. If they're not naming that house, they're stuck with an extra card in hand, which means they're drawing less. Right. It's like the yeah, bad I always want to be effect. drawing more cards than they do. Right. It's like the bad penny effect, getting stuck with a bunch of bad pennies in your hand. Yep. Yeah. It, it, it's yeah. not fun. It's not fun at all. Yeah, bouncing yeah, it, it definitely seems better. Um, and the fact that the versatility that you can bounce your own stuff, like let's say you play Epic Quest, archive a bunch of knights, yep. and then you have a bunch of knights out there still somehow later on in the game, you bounce your Epic Quest back and replay it, you know, to just archive more knights and then even get closer to the the forging the key at no cost. So I, I, I like the versatility that it offers. Um, and yeah, if it's the, if it's the mold of a, of a stud really, really, really well, cause it just on paper, it just looks like meh, you know, like it might be good, might not be good, but in practice, it actually, it actually overperformed and yes, exceeded totally. my expectations for sure. Like, I'm, I'm used to bounce not being very good and bounce is just a lot better in this game than other games I've played. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. 100%. Like if you, if you bounce like a, uh, a, an artifact back to your opponent's hand, it might actually disrupt the way they are going to play that turn. Different. Because, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Because they, let's say they want to play like a, a house where they have three of those cards in hand, bouncing another artifact might actually lead them to play another house. And that's that's pretty crazy. I love right. it. All right, let's get right. Yeah, so Whispering Reliquary, definite stud. Uh, let's get into our dud. Our dud this week, take hostages. Kia, I want to talk about why it's bad. Yeah, so Take Hostages is an action that lets you capture one every time when your creature fights in Sanctum. And it seems okay. It looks okay in the deck we just opened because there's a lot of big guys. But the main problem with this card is it makes you fight. You can't reap or anything to capture, and you're just capturing them. You're not stealing. So if you're fighting with a board of normal-sized creatures, they're either going to trade, in which case you don't capture anything, or they're going to be severely damaged by the fight. So then chances are... It just makes it easier for your opponent to kill them and get the amber back anyway. Right. So from what I've seen, take hostages doesn't usually do that much. It just stalls a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like it's just it, it's just a bad version of the uh, the one in dis where each undamaged creature captures. I forget what that's called. Yeah, Fredgy, help me. Out. Um, give me a second. <laughs> but yeah, it just seems like a worse version of that, basically. 
and you know, I, I, I just feel like 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 everything has to go right in order for this card to be at its best or yeah, at, at mediocre. You know, like not even at its best, just at straight mediocre. Like, okay, I capture three, right? Let's say three is the number, but like all my dudes are super hurt, and you know, I didn't kill any your dudes. Like maybe I just bounced off of your dude, and now you can trade back and get your amber back for free. Like it, it's just it, it's just too too many hoops to jump through. I just feel like it's just not not worth it. Not worth yeah, the cost. I'm- because most it of the time, you to fight. You know what I mean? Like it's just not. Yeah. Yeah, most of the time when I have this card and like and I won't have like much more than two or three creatures sanctum on the board, uh, I will play that card just for its ember, and that's it. Um, I cannot like the time that that card actually helped me to win the game. It's very few because. Again, when you when you fight to capture your opponent emperor, it means that you are going to delay your opponent to have the uh, to have their key, but you're not doing much aside. Like if you don't have like cards like virtuous work or anything else, you are going to like just delaying your opponent one turn. They will have a fresh hand, and you are just like going to have a state of board where maybe they will have less creature, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you have damaged creature, or even worse. Like, let's say you have a lot of creature, but they don't have creatures. So the ghost stage doesn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that so, is true. That is true. Yeah, so, I, I just feel like it's just too many hoops. Like I said, to jump through to make. It. Yeah, it's too high of a setup cost. Yeah, too high. Very, very yeah. high. Very high. So, uh, so with that, that ends our episode five. Um, sorry for the late post. I know this is probably gonna post like Monday night. Um, but yeah, it was because was, of the snow. Yeah, this, <laughs> the snow delayed my computer from uploading. It. Yep, <laughs> snow but, knocked um, out our internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, we are so we are gonna do a little something different uh, with the titles. So the title is not not gonna be as professional as it was in the past. So we're gonna try to have some fun with the titles and take a quote from the actual episode and go back and listen and take like a funny quote from the episode and name it the title. So uh, if you see a weird title out there, don't be surprised. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's just us being goofy and being fun and trying to keep it a little, little lighthearted. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that, that's it for us at uh, Amber archives. We will catch you guys next week. And uh, yeah, regular time, Sunday night, Sunday night post, Monday morning post. Uh, so yeah, see you later, guys. Thanks for listening. Yeah, see you guys.